This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hey, good morning. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, Mississippi Today. You know, reopening the state following the coronavirus shutdown will be a gradual effort, but with the precautions, there will still be needs, some need to be taken. And But what precautions have to be taken, well, that remains to be unclear. Today, we will speak with three local business owners to discuss how the coronavirus pandemic affected their business and how they will move forward and keep their employees and customers safe. We have Jeremy Thompson. He's the owner of Computer Doctor and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. No, Jeremy. He's, he's family. Leslie Holman, owner of Fleet Feet in Jackson, and Richard Holworth, the owner of Square Books in Oxford, are going to be on with us today talk a little bit about some of the things that they've been doing to try to, to number one, stay afloat, but number two, to be able to, you know, get open and keep everything safe. So it's going to be a great show today. We're going to welcome them in just a bit, but first we're going to talk a little bit about some of the news in Mississippi and I guess I guess story number one is, of course, that the governor announced on Friday that he is, I guess, what is it? Shelter, not shelter in place. It's safely at home or something, whatever, what he called. But I've got some of the details here that are interesting that we can still not gather in groups of 10 or more people. Now, I don't know about you. I was out over the weekend and I saw a lot of people all clumped up together. So I guess a lot of folks aren't doing that, but we're still required to maintain a distance of six feet from one another. And, you know, some businesses are going to be opening now. Um, stores in Mississippi, they're, they're you're not allowed to have more than 50 percent of their capacity of customers at a time. So but a lot of what was considered non-essential businesses are going to be opened. And that's good news. So they can be able to you know, number one, be able to stay afloat and be able to sell some things, but also, too, that we can go out and go get some shopping done and do it safely. Um, however, gyms, barbershops, hair and nail salons and tattoo parlors, those will remain closed. Unlike over Georgia, where you see that those have been open, but here in Mississippi, they're not. Um, let's see. Restaurants will continue to be allowed to serve meal orders from curbside pickup and delivery. And I hope you've been taking advantage of that. I know we have. Um, there are just some nights when you get tired of cooking and it's nice to be able to go. And one of the things that's really cool, and like in my neighborhood, the food trucks have been coming to there. And so you just call and you put it on your debit card or your credit card and then you can go and pick it up safely. So that's pretty neat, too. Reeves also said that businesses that won't be allowed to open, like um, that the ones that involve a lot of contact, interpersonal contact, like, for instance, movie theaters, museums, casinos, entertainment venues and gyms. So we're a little bit more open than we were, but we're still not totally there. And as you can see, uh, every day with the cases that are announced by the Department of Health, we're still climbing. I mean, there's obviously the numbers. They're not going up at a huge amount like they, well, I don't know. They're still pretty high. But the bottom line is we have managed to flatten the curve and that there still is capacity in the hospitals, was which, what this was all about. We wanted to make sure that people that could get ICU beds could get ventilators were still there. So um, that's the big news of the day is that we're, we're trying to figure out what this new normal is and, and how we're going to do it safely. And I don't know about y'all, but I've been out quite a bit over the weekend just trying to pick up some shopping, some groceries, some food. And I, I went into a hardware store, not to buy food, mind you, but to buy a few things we needed for the house. And I was the only person in there with a mask. And I felt like I was robbing the place. But 
and everybody was looking at me kind of funny. And I'm like, don't you kind of understand this is really important. So the bottom line is just keep doing what you're doing to try to stay safe and try to keep your family safe. And also too, to help not spread this to somebody else. And it's hard because it's with so many asymptomatic cases, we don't really know who's spreading it and who's not. So it's kind of tough. Michelle, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh my gosh. It is uh, such a good Monday. We got a great show. We got three great guests on today. Yes. Uh, I'm, ex- I'm really Oh, Jeremy's such a pro. It's just going to be good to talk to him. Well, I'm excited, actually, to talk this story. Believe it or not, CBS, this morning when I woke up, I laughed. You and I, we decided to do this story last week. But CBS and the whole the whole country, that's what the, everyone's focusing on. What does the quote-unquote, air quotes, new normal look like for not just business owners, for schools, for everything, for events? Uh, Kevin and I were talking this morning, and uh, he actually was talking about a, a doctor's appointment, if he does doesn't mind me sharing, just I overheard, but they're going to call people and, and let them know how they're going to proceed as far as going to the doctor, going downtown to court proceedings. Um, like you said, 10 people in a area at one time, that's going to be kind of challenging if you have a, a, a sporting event um, sitting six feet away. I mean, it's going to be more than 10 people in a building. So are we going to reopen sports? Um, are we going to reopen schools? Uh, today, we're going to just talk about businesses. But moving forward, I really want to talk to other entities around the state to see exactly how they're going to have to change their policies to fit into the CDC guidelines moving forward. It's going to be interesting. Well, if they're talking about a second wave coming in the fall, what effect is that going to have on football season? And, you know, the joke going around is that if it threatened to cancel, you know, football season, that the SEC would basically have this thing cured in about three days, you know, just to make sure of it. But I mean, I, and I feel really bad for the class of 2020 right now because they're, they've missed that on their prom. They're going to probably miss out on having a graduation. I've seen different school districts trying drive through graduations, trying all kinds of different things, but you're right. I mean, how is this going to shape the future, not only in the next week or two weeks, but also six months out from now? And, and so this is fascinating, but, um, you know, the bottom line is after 9-11, we made all these changes and we adapted and we moved forward and we will figure it out in this country. We are smart enough how to do it. It's just we haven't quite gotten there to figure out that we need to do that yet. And and that's going to be an interesting thing. You know, you talk about the doctor's office. I mean, I had an appointment that was done on, on video. I used my smartphone and I talked to my doctor and it was kind of weird because he couldn't take my, my blood pressure, for instance. But, you know, I mean, we had a pretty good good deal. And he said that a lot of his patients like it that live outside of Jackson's because they don't have to drive to Jackson to come see him. So uh, it'll be amazing one year from now how much the world has changed. Got some good news, too. And I, I tell you, it's really tough. We, we've lost uh, well over 50,000 Americans now to this virus. And so the daily drum meet beat of bad news is very, very tough to, to handle. Um, you know, it's kind of depressing, obviously. And, and you know, for me, and I wrote a piece about this the other day, um, that number, you know, it's like going to the Vietnam Memorial for the first time. And I remember I was 1991 when I went to that. And I remember walking through that memorial and it started with 1959. Uh, now I think it goes to 1957. But it started in 1959 and had every name listed of, of who had lost their life in Vietnam. And so by the time you get to the end of it, you have a grasp of humanity of what happened in Vietnam and the tragic loss of every one of those heroes who had died. And, you know, with this, you hear that number every day and it just becomes a number. And sometimes that you kind of lose track of that. 
but that number is somebody's grandmother, somebody's mother, somebody's sister, somebody's lover, somebody's husband, somebody's friend, you know, and so once you realize the humanity, it can get overwhelming. And so that's why you like to see good stories out there. One of the stories when John Prine died, and I, like many of you, that just hit me hard because his songs have been a soundtrack to so much of my life. And he was, he's so talented and he was starting to get that recognition that I feel like that maybe he didn't get early on in his career. You know, I mean, people loved him and, and the coronavirus got him and it took his life. And so right about the time that he died, they announced that Bobby Rush, our own Bobby Rush, had, was suffering from symptoms of coronavirus. And I was thinking... No, you cannot take Bobby Rush. That is not fair. That is not going to happen. I'm shaking my fist at the sky. Well, I'm very happy to report that on Friday there was a news article that came out that said that he has recovered, that Bobby Rush, you know, is just too darn tough for the coronavirus. And I was very glad to see that. And and I felt like that was some great news. I did a cartoon about it yesterday, and you can always go to MississippiToday.org to check that out. Hey, Marshall, um, uh, don't mean yeah. to cut you off, but uh, everything that Bobby Rush has gone through, um, I actually texted him about two weeks ago, and we talked, and <laughs> he, like you said, tough cookie. Everything that he's gone through in his life, everything, man, the coronavirus was not going to take him out. I'm so no. glad uh, he's better and back on top. Like I said, if anyone knows him, if you have any conversations, with Bobby, you know that he is, I mean, spirited guy, loving person, and has oh, just incredible so spirit. much heart. Yes, and he's going to, uh, he's one of our living legacies, and I'm glad he's still here. The cartoon I did, I had a coronavirus with a guitar on a stage singing, I thought I could beat him, I was feeling kind of flush, but then I realized ain't nobody taking down old Bobby Rush. I got the COVID-19 blues. So that was my tribute to him on that. It, I remember the first time I interviewed him on the radio, he came in and, you know, I was totally in awe. It's like Bobby Rush, you know, it's like, here's a guy that I love your music. You're a legend. And he's like, I love your cartoons. I'm like, no, 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 no. Stop it. You know, and it was like, he had, it's like I'd known him my whole life the first time I met him. He was just that kind of a great guy. And I thought that was, that was great. So it was good to get that kind of good news. And there was another story too. You know, I, I try to retweet stories like that on social media because really my social media feed can get depressing. Sometimes people pouting conspiracy theories or they're angry or people are venting They're Everybody's going through the five stages of grief right now. And I think some people get angry. That's understandable. But this story, and, and you can go to Marshall Ramsey on Twitter and you can find this. There's a video of a grandson whose grandmother was living with him to keep her safe. And one of the things that she loved every week to do, she has Alzheimer's. So she's 87, she has Alzheimer's. But the one thing she loved to do every single week was go grocery shopping. Well, obviously, she's quarantined now. They can't let her go out. You know, they don't want her to, you know, some random person sneezing as she walks by and her having to have, you know, COVID and, and whatever bad things could happen. So she's still living at home. So her grandson decided to build her a grocery store inside their house. And it is so cool. It looks just like a grocery store in the garage. And so they go out every day and she, and when she goes and she gets to go shopping. And so it's such a great heartwarming story. And, you know, there's a lot of challenges going on right now, and I think our next three guests we're going to talk to are going to tell us some of the challenges that they've been facing. But, you know, you're going to hear some also pretty ins inspiring ways that they found a way to pivot to. So we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we return, we'll 
we'll welcome our first guest, Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Hey, look, if you want to be part of the show, you just give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere this is an mpb think radio podcast the information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. Our first guest is the owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg and co-host of MPB's Everyday Tech, which airs on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Let's welcome to the show a member of our family, Jeremy Thompson. Jeremy fantastic to talk to you i'm a big fan of listening to you on the air so it's good for us to get to meet this way i guess probably the most important question is how are you doing i mean i I think we're all kind of going through different levels of grief stress anger and all kinds of that how are you holding up hey good morning marshall i appreciate all that um i feel like i'm doing pretty well um i feel like we're coming out of the uh the really difficult end of this thing which was just adapting to the changes and figuring out how to inconvenience our clients and ourselves as little as possible to put as few um, setbacks in between uh, getting people stuff from broken to fixed like we usually do. Right. Right. I, I've got to admit, I, it seems like with a lot of people working at home now, and of course I've become the IT department at my fam- my family's home, um, <laughs> but I would think that your business is probably, <laughs> you're going to be needed more than ever now that everybody's sitting there having to, to try to figure out their own stuff. Tell us a little bit about your business and, and about you. Well, um, I've been doing this since I was 14 years old, uh, repairing computers. Um, I, I just, I loved it. Um, uh, one of my computers was broken one time, and this uh, friend of mine came over. He was like, hey, I can fix your computer for you. And I pulled the, case, uh, the side of the case off, and he went and grabbed an IDE cable, which connects your hard drive to your motherboard. And uh, when he grabbed it, he ripped some pens out of my motherboard. And I'm looking at it going, hmm, I don't know what he's doing, but I know I wasn't supposed to do that. So <laughs> it kind of gave me the confidence to do what I do. I was like, well, if he says he can do it, then I can definitely do it. So I started opening up computers and playing with internals and, and kind of putting my own units together. And eventually I had another computer that, you know, I was able to uh, throw together with spare parts. So um, once that bug bit me, I, I I had I had a different kind of virus. I, I was so uh, just I, all I wanted to do was educate myself on everything involving computers and technology. I just I loved it. Um, when I was in the tenth grade, I spent an entire summer in my room 
just reading documents and things online about uh, wanting to be a hacker. And um, I never became a hacker because it requires a whole lot of coding, and uh, math is not my strong suit. However, um, I, I learned so much in that summer. It was, it was the foundation of everything that I have today. And I've, just, I've always loved helping people uh, understand technology and to make sense of all this stuff. And so then uh, I decided I wanted to, to run my own business. So um, I started putting signs out by the road and collecting clients and taking on jobs that I had never done before. You know, at one point in your life, you've never replaced a laptop screen. Then one comes in your shop for the first time, hey, can you do this? Well, yeah, I can do that, uh, I think. Um, nothing stopped me so far. So with with my job, it's, you know, um, there's a lot of uncharted territory, but it, it, there's there's always a system in place. And if you're careful and you respect that system, you can maintain its integrity and you can cause less damage and more repairs. But um, the uh, the real the real passion for me is um, building computers and building really um, really high performance machines. I just I love putting amazing hardware together and, and having people see their computer just flash before their eyes in ways they've never seen it respond before. Like, wow, that was so fast. Uh, that, that keeps me going. Well, it sounds like that, that level of curiosity and that can-do attitude is just absolutely what you needed when all suddenly all this hit. So let me just ask you this question. When, when the pandemic first hit Mississippi, what were your first thoughts concerning your business? Well, um, I have to say that, um, you know, I, I keep my ear to the ground and I look at a lot of stuff online. So I've actually known about coronavirus since the end of January when it was still brewing over in China. So when that was happening, I was looking at this going, hmm, China, that's where most of my parts come from. This could make business difficult. But really, the only thing I was, I was really thinking there would be a major shortage of would be iPhone screens because we do lots of repairs, you know, and we have everything from the 6 to the 11, and, you know, that's a lot of phone screens to keep in stock. And so I felt so short-sighted after it finally did start knocking on my front door that that was the only thing I was concerned about. And it, I, I just, I, I felt so ignorant, to be completely honest with you. I, I just had pie all over my face. I was like, okay. All I cared about was iPhone screens, and now I've got to worry about my health, my technician's health, my client's health, everybody, you know, keeping everybody safe, reducing uh, risk and exposure to this as much as possible. So what do I do now? Um, so at that point, it, it started to, to push me into how, how, how do I what – what is the best way that I can keep all people in my circle protected? And so that's when um, we, at first, um, we were letting people come in our lobby, and then um, there were some individuals that came in that were uh, not too hygienic, and they were just kind of, I just noticed they were just sort of touching on everything, and they had been coughing, and they didn't seem to be mindful of it at all. And one of my technicians, he's no longer with me, but not because he's not with us, he just quit my company. Um, but he had a heart condition. And so oh, goodness. the first thing that came to mind when uh, that person was touching all of the counter with me, this is putting him at risk, like way more than I'm comfortable with. And he was scared and he didn't know what to do. And so at that point, I decided, okay, we're going to go curbside, drop off, and pick up only. 
So now people just pull up to my shop and they honk their horn and we come out with our mask and, you know, I got my sunglasses on and I look like something out of the, I don't know, one of the like Mad Max movies or something uh, to come out and receive people's machines. But that, that has actually been working really well. Um, people have been pretty patient with us and uh, pretty understanding and they've, they've adapted to these changes. So if there's any consultations or anything that has to happen like that, I can do all of that remotely or over the phone. Um, so it hasn't really hindered business too much. It's just, um, you know, we have to make sure that we sanitize all the machines when they come in. So we're reducing our exposure and we're cleaning them up before they go out. So we're reducing our client's exposure as well. So a few challenges, but nothing that's really rocked the boat. It's just, you know, we just had to had to sit here and think, okay, what what can we do to make this easiest? What can we do to make this the least expensive? So, you know, at first I was I was wiping everything down with disinfectant wipes. Well, eventually you're going to run out of those, and you can't just go to the store and you get more because they're not there. So then we started looking for solutions that were more cost-effective but still just as effective in germ reduction. Well, it sounds like, I mean, literally you are adapting day by day. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like – there's this grand plan that you can say, okay, for the next six months, I'm going to do this. So like I said, the wipes and everything else, let me, let me ask you this. And what and I mentioned a little bit earlier with everybody doing distance learning when, when, when they're doing, you know, working from home, have you seen an uptick on people, you know, having to deal with computer problems or so forth because of, of all the, now the new normal of us working far away from our business? I've definitely seen an uptick in that. And I've also, and I, this is kind of, this is, this cannot be helped. But there has been an also uh, an uptick in the demand as to when it's needed. Everybody wants to drop it off and get it back, you know, the second they drop it off because they need <laughs> yeah. it for work, they need it for school. And so that that has really been the thing that has been the most difficult to adapt to because I have been, you know, just, I mean, I've only got two arms and two legs, Marshall, and I've been swinging them as fast as I can, and some people – you know, it's it's still it's not it's not fast enough for them. It wasn't you know, uh, it could be more expedient. And it's just uh, I, I, that that that's the part when you ask me if I was okay. That's the part where I would answer, well, I'm hanging in there, but honestly, I'm I'm pretty exhausted because every day another one comes in that they need back immediately, and so I have to put all of my focus and effort into it and trying to get it turned around as quickly as possible. And I'm, you know, I'm very passionate about helping people, so I really like to deliver, and I like to underpromise and underpromise and yeah. deliver uh, on a regular basis. And so that that stresses me. But you know, when you want to be the best in the state or the best in the nation, that's the sacrifices you have to make. Definitely on that. And I mean, you were considered essential the whole time. I mean, you so you you never had to shudder. You were you were going the whole time that we were going, right? If I could have been labeled non-essential, I would have really enjoyed it. I could have sat at home and caught up on so many things that I've had to miss, but that was not the case. So if they if I had been told, hey, you're not essential, you need to go home, I would have I would have found a way to enjoy that and <laughs> I would have adapted to the struggle. Uh, fortunately, uh, we were labeled essential, so we didn't change the thing. Our hours have stayed the same. Uh, the only thing that we've done is make make our job more safe for our clients. So, you know, we come out with all the protective gear on, and I have people drop their computer in a box, and then I take it inside and clean it up before anybody touches it. And I also have, um, and this is funny because I bought this before this, this whole coronavirus thing ever happened. I wanted to see if people would be interested in sanitizing their devices, their phones, their iPads, et cetera. I have a UV phone sanitizer that will actually fit 
you know, your phone, most larger iPads inside of it. So you just put it in there and you close the door. I mean, it hits it with UV light for 15 minutes and it cleans all the bacteria off of it. So that thing has been getting it. Uh, I've definitely been getting my money's worth out of it because nobody was ever interested in it before. I had a little ad that would circulate on a screen in my shop. Did you know your phone is 10 times dirtier than your toilet? Never even had a nibble. Now, people don't even worry about having their phone sanitized. Yes, sanitize it. That's fine. I want you to sanitize it before you touch it. I want you to sanitize it before you give it back. I tell you, I, that's what I joked. I said, if this whole thing just keeps people from taking their phones into the bathroom, then maybe we've accomplished something on this. Um, but yes, I catch myself wiping down my phone almost on a daily basis and, and actually more than that. Now, Jeremy, I just want to say thank you for taking the time and, and talking to us. And, and I'm glad that, you know, you're been able to keep a constant flow of work and looks like the future is going to be pretty bright for you, but I, your changes, that's been fascinating. And I really, really just want to say thanks for taking a couple minutes with us. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. And just as a closing uh, for all listeners, if you are sanitizing your devices, just make sure that what you're sanitizing it with is not too damp. You don't want to use a bleach wipe directly on your iPhone or anything like that. Uh, you want to make sure if you're using some kind of spray that you're spraying it onto a cloth, never directly onto your device. Great advice. Great advice. Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it. It's time for another quick break, and when we return, we'll welcome Leslie Holloman, the owner of Fleet Feet in Jackson. Remember, if you have a question or comment for our guest or our show, just give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Hey, stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hey, good morning. You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Today we're discussing uh, with small business owners what the new normal is going to look like for them and for their businesses. Uh, Before the break, we spoke with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. And now let's welcome our next guest, Leslie Holloman, owner of Fleet Feet in Jackson. Leslie, it's good to talk to you. I've I have to admit, I hadn't seen you in a little while because I haven't been running, so I have I have a little bit of guilt on my part. But I just wanted to check in with you. Hey, how are you doing? I mean, we'll talk about the business in a second, but how are you doing? Marshall, first, thanks for having me. I'm, you know, considering all that's happening, I'm 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 doing pretty well actually. So you're running what a hundred miles a day now as a stress reliever. <laughs> Right. If, if there's anything that's going to come out of this for me personally, number one, I've spent a whole lot more time with my children. I've earned, I've learned a whole new appreciation for their teachers, and I'm going to be more <laughs> fit because I'm definitely running to keep myself sane. 
I have I have joked that teachers next year are going to get really, really, really nice teacher gifts. Oh man, I think I, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna send I'm gonna send our some some pretty sweet Fleet Feet gift cards at the end of this year. <laughs> well, I'm looking I'm looking of course at your Facebook page right now. How old are they now? Because you've got two, and they're they're absolutely just gorgeous kids. Y'all y'all oh, done good. Thank you, thank you. Well, I have a really good looking husband, so you know. Um, they are they are six. Um, Matthew, our oldest, is six, and Thomas is two, about to be three in June. Good grief! I remember like I thought they were both born like yesterday, so that's gone by really quickly. So it, it feels um, like that. But I've just started thinking about what are, what are we going to do for Thomas's birthday party in June because um, it's not looking like we're going to be in a position to you know have twenty three year olds at my house by that time. So. Um, I guess I'll be off the hook for that one. <laughs> well, if it'll make you feel better, I asked my 19-year-old the other day about his first birthday party, and he didn't remember it. So, and that was the one we spent all the money on. So, you know, the good news is, I think eventually they'll forgive you. I think so. I think I think I I don't think he'll. He's still at that age where he, I don't think he would remember. So, I think we're good. <laughs> I think probably the best place to start with your business is when you go to your page, your your business page. It says Fleet Feet Jackson running is not canceled. So I think that's probably right. a good theme of where to start with this. Um, have you? I mean, you've been at the store some. The store's been open. I know for a while you did curbside. Were you closed during that two week period or time totally? And now you're back open again, right? Yes, we were closed, so I guess it was it was actually three weeks. Um, that it's three weeks. I, I don't even know what day it is, was, so you know. Yeah, I know. Time's it's like, hard, <laughs> and we've been watching the news every day. Like, okay, are we going to be able to reopen? So, yes, we were closed, but we were still filling curbside and um, and shipping orders, and we're reopening today, but with the same social distancing guidelines that and even stricter a little bit than what we had, you know, in the couple weeks prior to the shelter in place order. You know, one of the things about your business, and I mean, I'm, I I am a customer. So, and, and one of the reasons why sometimes you can maybe order online, you really think you can get much, much cheaper to be honest with you, but sometimes it's tempting to do that. But the thing I love about your business is the customer service aspect of it. I mean, y'all are gold star, when it comes to customer service. How do you do that in this new age of everybody having to be six feet away from each other? Because, I mean, you know, I always tell people that it's worth the price of a good shoe because it avoids knee surgery. But when you go into your shop, somebody works with you, they help find the right kind of shoe, they make you run in the shoe. How do you do that now that you having everything on curbside? Right. I mean, it's, it's definitely been a new challenge. But first, I want to address the the pricing issue because we have our happy fit um, our happy fit and high, happy price match guarantee. So really, it is it's a common mis- misconception that um, our products are more expensive, but we do have that guarantee. So if you find that same product online somewhere um, for 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 le- for less money, we'll actually match that price. Now we started that about a year ago, but that, that's oh, that's a cool. subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different subject, but this the the six foot guideline it it has definitely um, created a new challenge for us. So um, we we started out, you know, we we our first step was to limit the number of people we had in the store. So whenever yeah. the guidelines started, where they didn't want you to gather with more than ten people at a time in the store, or they didn't want gatherings of ten or more to happen, 
Um, well, I mean, I, I have 10 staff in the store sometimes, so we knew we yeah. were going to have to change. So that would mean, you know, 20 to 30 people total in the store if we had 10 customers and each had a family member or two with them, which is not uncommon at all. So we knew we were going to have to start there. Um, and this is after, this is even after we had started already like sanitizing everything on an hourly basis and with the wipes and all of that. But so we started in our Ridgeland store, which is a, a pretty, pretty big store. It's 4,200 square feet. Um, I cut back the staff to where I had, um, I had five staff people that would be out on the floor and then a couple people in the back filling orders. Um, and then we would we lock the doors if we got say one customer comes in with four family members. That's all the people we could have in the store. So I might have five staff people in the store and one customer that's actually being fit. And we had to lock the doors and not let any more customers in. So wow, that was quite a challenge. Yes. Yeah, and you never like to do that when you see people that want to come buy things and locking them out. That's got to make you kind of like. Ugh. <laughs> It's, it's a little, like, no. it's a little stressful, but I mean, it's a lot stressful. But you know, our our top priority has been keeping our staff and our customers safe, and so of course we're going right. to follow those guidelines. And to be honest, like our customer base, they're so awesome and they're so great. We started this, we started using this wait while software where we could actually like take people's names down, and so they were waiting outside, and and we could go and call their name and and get them to come in when it's their turn. Plus, like, most customers realized what they were doing, and so they would, you know, get their families or whoever was with them to wait outside if there were other customers to, that wanted to come in. People would, would not hesitate to say, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not getting anything. I, I can just go wait outside so they can come in. So, you know, it's, our staff and our customers have, have been awesome um, about it, but it it's definitely, you know, makes you think about, about things we've never had to think about before. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, you know, I was, you see all the races are canceled and, you know, I mean, but I mean, obviously running has not been canceled. You can still get out there and run. And one of the big parts of what y'all do, that's why you have such a loyal community is that you do events and and you're probably having to rethink how you do those too now. We definitely are. And um, I mean, cause we have weekly events with, you know, 50, a hundred people that are free events. We have our training programs that all have like 50 to 100 people participating. So we've had to cancel all that for now, and then we're rethinking how to do those things in the future. Like we have the big run in June, and every Fleet Feet, um, we're a franchise for, for your listeners that, that don't know how, how we're organized, but we're a franchise, and we have, um, we have almost 200 stores across the country. So everybody has been having to deal with this, and every Fleet Feet in the country does the big run. It's on Global Running Day. It's a celebration. It's so much fun. And we had over 300 people at our big run last year, and some of our stores had thousands of people at their big run. So our franchise took the steps, and they've decided that this year we're going to change it to it's going to be called Your Big Run 2020, and it's going to be a virtual run. And that's just for this year. Um, but we're, we're changing that to be virtual. So it still will be a celebration of global running day. It still will be on June 3rd. Um, we're still going to encourage everybody to sign up for it and, and get it done, but it definitely will be a lot different than, 
you know, meeting with your 300 running buddies to, to run that 5K. Well, I will sign up, but I hope it's not by Zoom because I definitely don't want the whole world watching me out running because you've seen me run before and it's not pretty. I don't want people calling 911. Hey, it is as pretty as any of us. <laughs> no, it's really not. Well, let me ask you this because you've been a how long have you owned the store? Because I was I was trying to think about that. It seems like over ten years now, isn't it? And and it has been, yeah, almost. I mean, I I, I officially bought out the store in 2011, but it seems like I've owned it longer because Jeff, our original owner, sold it to a holding company that our franchise owns in 2008 and put me in place as the operating partner so i've been operating the store since 2008 but actually bought it out in 2011 needless to say this has been the biggest business challenge that you've had so far absolutely i mean this is unprecedented i mean nobody you know nobody i don't think has ever had to deal with with anything like this so it's been it's been challenging and i've said it several times in the past couple weeks because I've been in charge of school at home and and trying to keep our staff settled and keeping keeping their their morale up and their our managers and our staff are doing an amazing job. But my husband Matthew has been in charge of the financial aspect and and looking at the the SBA loans and and seeing how we're going to make make it through the next few months financially and 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 all of that and. I, just, I don't know what I would have done without him as a business partner. He's he's really he's been extremely helpful, and he didn't even. We're celebrating his six year anniversary of being with me at the store this month. Oh, that's awesome! A that you can a yeah. work together and that you're a good team and not want to choke each other. Because I know a lot of couples are in quarantine right now, saying, "Okay, six feet away from me right now." <laughs> yeah, let me let me say this. Definitely at our moment. Oh. What's that? You have your moments. We definitely yeah. had our moments, but generally we work pretty well together. <laughs> yeah. Okay. One last push, though, because number one, I was going to ask you, I hope the staff's doing well, because I mean, I know several members of your staff. They're great people, and, and I know you're worried about taking care of them. But as we, we've got about 30 seconds of this segment left, just remind people why it's important to get out there and exercise. It's, it's important for your mental health. It's important for your physical health. Every time, every time I go outside for a run, I feel like I'm, like, making my body stronger just in case I have to deal with this virus um, myself. Um, and then my mind, my mind is stronger. My mental health is so much stronger. And I always joke about that I run to stay sane, and I, I really, really and truly mean it this time. I feel better about school, everything, every time I go out there and and get a run in so whatever you're doing running walking riding a bike just get out there and get it done you'll feel way better about it leslie thank you so much for taking time with us and i can't wait to be back at the store and get me a new pair of shoes soon um so but anyway good luck and and i'll see you soon well it's time for one last break but when we return we'll wrap up the show with our last guest richard howarth he's the owner of square books in oxford stay tuned this is now you're talking on mpb think radio
Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening now. You're talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, of Mississippi Today. Hey, today we've been speaking with local business owners around the state about what their operations will look like in our new normal. Before we, before the break, we spoke with Leslie Holloman, owner of Fleet Feet of Jackson. And now let's welcome our final guest, Richard Howarth. He's the owner of Square Books in Oxford. Richard, thank you for joining us. I guess probably the most important question, and I'll just go ahead and get started with this, is how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. Thank you, Marshall. I'm happy to be on your show. And, uh, uh, Lisa and I are both at home, working at home, and uh, several other people on our staff are too. And um, uh, just just trying to manage through this, like like everybody else. I can't can't believe it's only been six weeks uh, <laughs> since we well we closed the store six weeks ago and uh, closed it to traffic in store traffic that is, and um, uh, it seems like it's been three months since then. I know. I was just uh, talking with Leslie in, a minute ago, and I was like, I don't even know what day it is now. You know, I mean, I generally I was like, OK, it's trash day. So it's either Tuesday or Friday. And other than that, you know, all I know is I've got to take a shower sometime. And so this whole working from home thing is kind of weird. But I'm glad that you and Lisa are, are pretty healthy and, and everything's going OK. Thank you. Um, let's talk. How long have you and Lisa owned Square Books? I was trying to think. It's been since the late 70s, isn't it? Right, we're we're a little little more than forty years old, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that all seems like it's been a lot longer. But um, that's it's actually it's gone by very very fast. But um, uh, and and one of the things that's happening during this during this COVID season is that uh, we've we've experienced so much um, loyalty and and uh, good faith from our from our customers. So many people are. are trying to help us and support us and it's it's really you know while this has been a kind of an awful thing to go through there's been a lot of positives you kind of feel like jimmy stewart at the end of it's a wonderful life <laughs> maybe maybe if they just pass the big thing of cash around right right <laughs> um well but we've, we've we've done a lot of things to uh modify the way we do business um i spent 40 years trying to uh, focus on creating an atmosphere that for physical experience in our in our business uh, where you could come browse and buy things and and uh, now that's uh, turned upside down so we're we're trying we're very much changing the way that we do business um, as you probably know we operate in three different buildings and all three of them are now a big mess you know we used to, everything used to be perfectly straight but now we just turned into sort of a shipping and, and, and transaction centers. And um, we've got uh, staff working in those three different buildings. And actually, we're on six floors. So we're able to 
space ourselves quite well. People are able able to work in uh, safe conditions. Uh, everybody's masked. Um, we we've done some innovative things. We developed something called a Square Care package, where people can order a book. You can go online and fill out a quick survey, and we'll select if you're buying a gift for somebody. Uh, select the books and add a, a couple of little items, a coffee, you know, square books, uh, coffee mug and a little pack of coffee or something, you know, but to make a kind of a gift bundle of it. And, and of course, given what we're going through now, it's, we think it's okay to give yourself a gift. <laughs> That's right. That's right. One thing, you know, you talked about creating that experience and you've done that so well. I mean, you've, You've been ranked the top in independent bookstore in the United States. You've, I mean, but you've got that loyalty and how, I mean, obviously that's a very, very important part of this, but when you first ha- heard that this virus was coming, what were your first thoughts? Were you thinking, okay, this is something that's going to blow through quickly or I'm going to have to get busy. I mean, was this January? When did you really realize that you were going to have to, to pivot and pivot quick? Well, I, I mean, we, I think probably around the same time every I don't remember the exact day, but I think, you know, we we knew that this is different. We knew that uh there was not a cure. We knew that it was spreading. We saw what was going on in Washington State and in fact I remember early on kind of as soon as Washington State's uh peak began to decline, I, I sort of gauged where they were at that point and did the math and and said to myself, well, this is, looks like it's going to be July 4th before we're really kind of out of this. And, uh, you know, we, it's, it's, it's something none of us has ever quite dealt with. I, we've certainly never in our business never dealt with anything like this. Um, uh, and so it's been a, a scramble to adapt. And um, we're doing about a third of the business that we would ordinarily do at this time. And it seems like we're having to work about three times harder in order to do that because everything is you know, over the phone. It's a, it's a single transaction. You know, it's uh, a lot of packaging and mailing and delivering and, uh, you know, all, all this sort of stuff is just intensified. It's labor, labor intense and, it's it's difficult. It's challenging, but we're we're getting through. Uh, we got some PPP money that will help us get through a couple of payrolls. Oh, good. Periods. And um, you know, I'm grateful for that. And um, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep going at it. I've got a immensely loyal staff and very good people. Lynn Roberts has been managing the business now for years and uh, does a wonderful job. And so we've got a lot of people who are dedicated and working hard and one way or another we're going to get through this that's really good news about the ppp money because your staff really is a big part of the experience i mean you walk in there and you say i need something and by golly they seem to be able to pull it out of thin air and i know you would hate for to lose them a little bit how i mean you talk about that experience and, and you do that well are you finding ways of being able to create that experience, even though you're shipping things? I mean, you mentioned the care package, you mentioned deals like that. What are some things that you predict that you'll be doing in the near future? Well, we're doing obviously a lot of stuff on social media. Uh, personally, I'm kind of a dinosaur in that regard, uh, but uh, we're doing a lot of uh, 
Facebook and Instagram stuff. I am going to do this afternoon, in fact, at, at 1 o'clock, uh, an Instagram chat with John Grisham. His uh, new, new book comes out tomorrow. Um, oh, excellent. The pub date is tomorrow. Uh, our children's, one of our children's uh, booksellers uh, does a story time on Facebook, which is which is real popular. Um and uh, several other people on the staff have done Instagram chats with authors. I'm going to be doing another one soon with Jennifer Ackerman, a science writer. who has got a new book about birds coming out. It's uh, real interesting. So, you know, it, it's as I say, we're we're having to adapt, and it's and it's labor intensive, but um, uh, it's also teaching us to grow uh, as a business in, in ways that we serve our customers. I know it is fun getting to do the online things. I know I do a, a Facebook Live drawing uh, lesson every Friday for Mississippi Today. And th- th- just it's fun to get that instant feedback from people while you're sitting there drawing. And I kind of feel like Bob Ross, except without the really cool fro and a squirrel. And it's just fun to do that. And so, I mean, it's it's kind of neat to watch how y'all are, are connecting with your customers. And I will definitely be watching the John Grisham one. That, that'll be fantastic. Looking forward to that. Let me let me say, how important is it right now for people? I mean, the power of books. I mean, that's right now. How important do you think it is for people to be reading? Well, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm I'm not gonna preach about this, but it's it's obvious <laughs> that this is that this is a a great time to read. Uh, a lot of us have uh, a lot of, well, I don't know about spare time, but we got, you know, a lot of people are. Uh, restricted in, in their normal activities um, and you know even television there's no sports on tv which is my main interest in television so exactly I mean, and so uh you know and there's nothing there's you know a, a book is um you know what, the best way to experience life uh, uh other than you know getting out and doing it oneself so it's you know, it's a great time to read. I feel sorry for a lot of the writers who have books that are coming out now because it's going to be hard for them to yeah. break out. But uh, the publishers are doing a real good job. We've all through this, we've had, for the most part, a really good relationships with our publishers. They understand what we're going through. We understand what they're going through. Same with the authors, and there seems to be a lot of. Uh, unity in, in, in this, which is also going to serve us well in, in the future. Richard, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. And I can't wait to get back up to Oxford and come in the store and be able to pick up about 10 or 15 books. Okay. Thank you, Marshall. Thanks for calling. Oh, you're welcome. We've come to the end of another great show. I want to thank our guest, Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computers, Doctors, and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg, Leslie Holloman, owner of Fleet Feet in Jackson, and Richard Howarth, the owner of Square Books in Oxford, for joining us today. If you'd like to hear the show again or past episodes, download our MPB public media app and listen to our podcast. Now You're Talking is a production of MPB Think Radio and is produced by Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell. And remember, we'll get through this together. Have a great week and stay safe. See you all next Monday.